Hey, good morning, Sunset Hills. How are you feeling this morning? Stand with us as we open in worship. Are you washed in the blood? Sing along if you know this song. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean We'll be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white? continue worshiping him, singing about the old days of Elijah. And God's still doing the awesome, same great miracles that he did back then. Sing along with us this morning. Well, these are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. These are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, Shining like the sun at the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. And these are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. These are the days of your servant, David, rebuilding a temple of praise. 
tell you with a song like that Jesus could come back right here right now and that would be just fine amen church amen we're looking forward to that day whenever it is Lord Jesus you come and in the meantime it's so good to gather together as the church come together encourage one another uh, after a great week of student camps we look forward to hearing about that this morning if you're here the, for the first time at Sunset Hills Baptist we welcome you and we're so glad that you're here to join us and we'd love to get to know you more there's a couple ways you can do that you can stop at our welcome desk on the way out, we'd love to, one of our great people out there will uh, take care of you, or you can, if you're a, a texter and a, a phone person, uh, I don't know, what, what do you call it, guys, if you're a, if you're a tech person, you can text, uh, text the word hi to our church number, which is up here on the screen. If you're joining us on our live stream this morning, we're so glad that you've chosen to come with us this morning on this journey as we hear from the Lord, the Lord who's coming back soon. We're going to hear more about uh, the great week that our students have, so worship team, continue to lead us. All right. Hey, we're going to ask if you all just grab a seat really fast. Um, we have a video that we're going to roll, but before we do, I want to just preface it by saying the video looks like we just had a party all week long and had a lot of fun at church camp. And the truth is, we did have a lot of fun, but um, we were not allowed to videotape um, Bible studies or worship services or anything meaningful um, that, that really promoted life change. So that's why this video... Um, doesn't show those things, but we have some students that are going to step up here in a moment and share uh, some testimony from, from camp. So enjoy this video, everybody. Thank you. 
Not yet. All right. All right. Uh, good morning, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Um, first off, I just want to say thank you to all of you uh, who helped us out and to help us get to camp. Y'all went above and beyond with all that. And we couldn't have been to camp without you guys, so I just want to say thank you. But um, for camp, you know, my goal this week was to really uh, get myself connected, reconnected with God. I'm um, going to be honest, you know, before camp, I just, you know, going to church, I was just going through the motions, you know, wasn't really diving in, um, didn't have much quiet time, wasn't praying much. Uh, wasn't reading my Bible much, so like this week for me, I was just trying to get reconnected and just um, diving into God's Word and just um, kind of recommitting myself to um, His Word. And um, it was really well. We learned about uh, sacrifice, forgiveness, obedience, and taking risks. All those messages spoke to me really well, and um, I'm going to do my best to carry on what I learned this week and uh, keep it going uh, throughout this year. I mean, it's not going to be like any other camp where I just come home and, uh, you know, 
go through the motions again and forget whatever happened at camp. I'm going to try my best to uh, uh, carry this over into the rest of my life and um, just continue to dive into God's Word. You know, I've, I've been doing well so far. I've, had, um, I've prayed both mornings and I've prayed every night since I've gotten back. So I just need to keep that momentum going. And um, uh, that's, that's my testimony for camp, which is diving into God's Word and getting reconnected because I was really dormant with Him for a while. But um, yeah, my goal so far is being successful, and I'm going to keep that going throughout uh, this year. I just want to like start off with happy Father's Day to all those fathers that work hard and like provide for their family. Um, my favorite part of camp was reconnecting with God, like Hayden said, and um, the worship center was really like performed like greatly. Pastor Travis was really great. Um, and there was four nights with obedience, risk, sacrifice, and forgiveness. And my favorite one was forgiveness. So, yeah. Um, I went to a huge camp a few years ago. And after that camp, I got baptized. So it's safe to say I was expecting a lot out of this camp because of all the huge staffers and everyone making it possible for everyone to be there. Um, and they definitely did not miss. Uh, for Bible study and worship, I was able to dive deeper into the Word of God and really understand what He wanted me to pursue. Um, honestly, I haven't been doing nearly as good as I should be, and that is, of course, on me. So. Um, after this camp, I was able to see that and see that what I really need to change. And that was my attitude towards God. Um, and Pastor Travis, like Bryn said, um, really did that um, really well. He was um, able to change my whole mind and um, kind of open my heart to God. So um, I'm going to try my hardest to pursue what he wants me to do. Um, and just keep on changing for the better. While our worship team's making their way up, um, I was asked this morning um, if there was a part of camp that was more moving to me than another. And um, I said, I'll share that during worship. And uh, so this will just take a second. Y'all can come on out. Um, we have a student here who, uh, whose worst fear in the entire world is public speaking. And uh, so that is carried over into the student's uh, prayer life, um, anything outside of just a silent prayer to themselves. And so um, we've had one-on-one -on -one conversations about this, and, and I've prayed for that student. And, um, and so on Thursday evening, um, we were having our small group devotion, and um, after small group devotion, um, I asked, like I do a lot of times, hey, does anyone feel like God's just led them to close us in prayer? And um, with, without a hesitation, the student's hand went straight up in the air. And I'm not going to lie, I felt like Peter on the lake, like where I had just seen a ghost. I wasn't sure what was going on. And uh, I called on that student, and they just said the most prolific, prolific, that's what I was trying to say, um, simple prayer. But um, I know that God had worked in their life that week um, on that, and um, 
You know, that's one of the things that we try to teach our students, that prayer is one of the most um, amazing tools that we have to fight against the devil. So uh, it, was, it was a moving time for me. Hey, stand with us as we close in worship, or we, we continue in worship, rather. We could close. We could close right now, but we're going to continue to worship. As I was uh, preparing for today, thinking about Father's Day, uh, I thought about this song because I remember the first time hearing this song, and um, I remember thinking in my mind, like, if a person who didn't know Jesus only knew these two truths of the song, that I'm loved by you, and you're, you're loved by me, like, if, if we just knew the love that God gives for us, man, how can we say no to him? Sing this with us as we uh, continue to worship. Well, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm
thank you for being a good, good father. Lord, today as we continue to lift up your holy name, Lord, we just enter your courts with thanksgiving and God, just a heart overflowing with gratitude for all you've done. Lord, as we continue to dive into your word, God, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. And Lord, if there's something in our lives that needs correction, God, give us that, that word, God, and let's be obedient to you. Lord, we thank you for all of our earthly fathers here that, Lord, have just been a gift to us, but God, we know that you've called us to model our lives after you. So God, today as we listen to your word, God, just anoint that time, speak to our hearts. We'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. Hold up in just a minute, Kelly. I, I've watched your video. You can't be seated. I had a dream last night that, uh, that you were, I had you standing the whole sermon all sermon long I, but then I realized no you weren't standing the whole sermon it was like you just got I went so long you just got tired of sitting that you had to stand up I, I just it was my dream I, I'm, I'm going to guarantee that I'm not going to have you stand during uh, the sermon today but I'm not going to guarantee that it's not going to be a long sermon all right how's that no I'm curious um what was what were everyone wearing those uh, headphones for? So those were um, they were they were silent disco headphones. And so um, when we went into this auditorium, it was it was our nightlife, and they had three different DJs, and so you could choose which channel that you wanted to listen to. And so you had some people rocking out, other people slow dancing, and others doing the wobble. What so, did you do? Um, I did it all. I did it all. I'm good. <laughs> Want to demonstrate? <laughs> well, actually, actually, there's a there's a video out there that uh, that's uh, it didn't make the cut this morning, but uh, some of the chaperones have. Who has it? Who has it? <laughs> so, all I've got is five dollars. I'll, I'll give you five dollars for whoever. No, whoever is it? Um, whoever has that video? It better be sent to me. Real? You got it? You got one better than that. Okay, it's to be sent in. Now, we'll tell you, though, before, before they send you the video, let, let me set it up, okay? Let me set it up. Because, because in my mind, what I saw happening in my mind wasn't what the replay showed. So, uh, but I think it would be interesting to know what I thought was going on. It would be, yeah. I want all the red shirts to stand. You went to camp, you're here this morning. Would you please stand? Good job. Thank you. Yeah. I can tell you had a really busy week by watching the video and what you did. And I commend you for being at church on Sunday morning after all such a full week. I also want to thank the chaperones who went along. Thank you. I know that's not an easy thing, and, and especially at your age, Kelly, I'm glad that you're still <laughs> able to be here this morning. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, and we are blessed by our children, I hope.
My wife has been cleaning out some areas of our house where stuff has a collected, accumulated, actually for years. It's been a monumental task, and she is just about done with the job that she started uh, at the first of summer. Along the way, she has placed boxes of stuff that I have collected, and uh, she just kind of put those in piles, and, and although my pile, I assure you, was much smaller than hers, I still had a mountain of stuff that uh, needed to be go- going through before we hauled it off either to the dumpster or in her, what she wanted to do is have a yard sale, a garage sale, actually. You know what? That's not really called what it should be. It ought to be just called a junk sale. I mean, really? Where do we get this yard sale and garage sale? It's my junk I'm trying to pass off to someone else and make a dime off of it, you know? But she had this big yard sale last week, and, and, and I still had some treasures to go through that uh, didn't make it to the yard sale. And that's when I came across a picture of me and my dad. I put it on Facebook. I want to share it with you this morning for those who are not part of my Facebook uh, um, friend list and a pig named Wilbur there it is this was uh, my dad's really smiling big in that picture I look more shell-shocked <laughs> maybe you noticed that uh, this is Wilbur Wilbur became quite famous in Nashville uh, when my dad um, heard about this pig and, and it was going to uh, the, the Humane Society had acquired this pig and if no one purchased this pig they decided that hey let's have some fun with this let's make some money with it and my dad found out about it and went and rescued paid for this pig and rescued it and he drove a red sports car at the time, a Mitsubishi 3000 GT, a really sharp sports car, two-seater. The top came off of it, and when the windows were down, it was just really a cool car. And afterwards, he bought this pig. He had no idea what he was going to do with it. But as my dad's able to do, he was quicking, he was thinking on the fly, and he decided to haul this pig in this sports car. And uh, the news media was out there. They'd gotten wind of this story, and all of them were following my dad down the road with this pig having its head stuck out the window windows and driving up to the church and on the way to the church he called and he said uh, I, I just happened not to be there he called and talked to the school secretary he said get all the kids in the gymnasium and he's like what's going on you know he wanted all the kids in the gymnasium and preschool all the way through I think at that time was eighth grade everybody went out into the gymnasium he has no idea what he's going to do but sure enough here's all the tv cameras in tow following the pig I mean right up at this eye level as the pig is going, can you imagine, you, you can imagine with me exactly what the view was of the, on the cameras of this pig and its little tail wagging and going into the church building right onto the gymnasium where all the kids were sitting. The, kid, the pig had difficulty standing on the slick gym floor. 
It's in there, and it's all of a sudden it's just trying to, it was doing a disco and every other thing that you talked about, just trying, running around, and the kids were squealing, the pig was squealing, the kids were scared, and the place just became chaos. That is why I have this look on my face of being shell-shocked when I found out about it. I, I, I tell you that because my dad had this incredible, incredible ability to seize opportunities. I mentioned that in the Facebook post. And he would just do things sometimes just at on the, on the, just by the seat of his pants, quite honestly. But often it was, would work out to a greater advantage. And the news media loved my dad. They loved his antics. They loved us going and interviewing him. And he did some incredible things really for good. And I can't help but think of him because it is obviously Father's Day. I think this is his 18th year in heaven that you still get choked up, right? Thinking about your dad. You think about all the things that your dad has done for you. And my dad taught me a great deal. There's no question about it. Uh, he uh, has, was absolutely the best example that I had in life, and I'm truly grateful for the things that he taught me. And some of those things as a, that he did as a dad, I've tried to hand down and pass along to my three children and being the kind of dad that he was to me. Now, he wasn't perfect, no dad is, but he taught me some really cool things that I've carried with me all of my life. And some of those things I want to share with you uh, of the many attributes that he did, and I'm just going to pick out a few. One was he, he had a deep love for people, very emotional. He often showed this love, especially to his family, through his actions much more than his words. And Dad really showed a tremendous amount of odds, of a love. And another thing that he taught us was in the face of odds, don't give up. You just don't give up. You look to God. You depend on God. You wait for God. Because he knew with God all things are possible. And he proved this, really, throughout his entire life. He also taught me about being loyal to your friends. Oftentimes, he was much more loyal to those who he called his friends, and even those who would turn against him from time to time. He would still be very loyal to them. Another thing he taught me was be dedicated to the task. If God called you to it, He'll see you through it. I can hear him saying that today. If God calls you to something, he's going to see you through it. He was a master, as I said, of seizing opportunities. And I totally appreciate the legacy that my dad left me as his son. Most importantly, to love God. To love God. Absolutely the best legacy that a dad can leave for his children is to show them how to love God. I can never repay all the debt that I owe to him that he gave to us. I know that not everyone can say that about your dad. I know that some of you may be thinking that you did not do the best you could as your dad, as a dad to your children. I say to you that there 
it's never too late to change how you do life as a dad. Now, I'll tell you, all three of my kids are grown. They have been for a good while, but I'm still their dad. And I'm grateful that they uh, seem to respect me most of the time. If my kids get out of line, you know what I'm going to do? I'm still going to get on them. Because you know why? I'm still their dad. You know? And guess what? When their kids come to my house, they're going to operate by my rules. Just ask Finn about that last night. He was there last night. We're going to take a look at a man who had to take, make some hard decisions as a dad. And he set aside everything because his daughter needed something that he could not give her. It must have been hard for this dad to admit that there was something he could not do for his daughter, but he does. Let me just kind of set this up for you, uh, this story. Jesus has been demonstrating his, his unusual attributes, his abilities that he has with nature and uh, in touching the lives of people who needed to be touched that were all around him. And, and if you read this story out of, out of Luke, you'll, you'll see that he's calmed the storm, so he's, he's able to do things over nature. He's cast out demons from a man who had been possessed for a long time, so he's able to, to address a man's spiritual deficiencies and his needs there and, and really come face-to-face -face with, with the devil and his demons uh, there and cast them out of a man. Uh, a, a couple of people approach him during this time, and, and he has one who has a blood disease, and then there's a man who has a daughter who is sick. And Jesus has the ability to handle all of these problems, no matter what they were, uh, whether they're storms or demons or sickness and eventually death. Jesus was able to handle all of those things that were kind of surrounding him at a very important time in people's lives. And that really tells me that if I've got a problem, my Jesus is big enough to handle whatever problem I've got. Is that not an amen kind of deal? I don't care what kind of problem you have, what kind of problem you think you have. If you take it to the Lord Jesus, he's, he's far more powerful than any problem that you've got in life. And I see this in this story. So considering today is Father's Day, I want us to take a look at some of these attributes that we see in the life of this man whose daughter is sick. And maybe we can take away some lessons that are applicable to dads today. And not just to dads, relationships. Okay, so this, this message is more than just to dads. If you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8, and that's where we'll find this account. I'm going to ask you to pray with me, please. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for fathers. And as the songs have been sung, you're a good, good father. We can't even comprehend all of your goodness and how gracious you are. I pray that as we go through this week, as we go through this day, as we look to you, our Heavenly Father, may we be grateful for how blessed we are to be able to call you Father, Dad. 
Heavenly Father, I pray that you just use the message today to speak to us who are dads, speak to those who are potential dads in the future, maybe dads who have older children, maybe in situations where dads and past have not been exactly what they should be. Maybe there's folks here who have a difficult time uh, in just uh, celebrating this day today. Or maybe for whatever reason, this is a hard day because of some recent uh, event that's happened. I pray your blessings upon people. We want to be mindful of those that this is a hard day for them. May they find comfort in knowing that you are a good, good father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. In the midst of Jesus addressing this little girl, as this man is at her, uh, at his at his feet, pleading that Jesus come, his Jesus's attention is diverted by another woman. You can read that in, in the story. This woman who had been had this bleeding disease for twelve years. So Jesus is trying to to handle both situations. So we pick up what happens with the little girl in verse forty nine. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, said, your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. You hear the hopelessness here? It's, it's done. It's final. Just You might as well go on. She's gone. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, see, he's not even addressing the man who comes. He looks intently at this man who's been pleading with him. And he looks at Jairus. He says, don't be afraid. Just believe. And she would be healed. Now, that seems a little strange, does it not? Wait a minute. Someone has just told me my daughter is gone. She's dead. And yet here's Jesus saying, wait, don't, don't be afraid. Just believe. And everything's going to be all right. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was, in fact, dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Here you have this dad. I mean, it's just in this, it's just so kind of like, seems as you read this story here, it's like all these incredible things are happening, and, uh, and Luke just kind of tells us, like, kind of, Matter of fact and nonchalant, there's some incredible things that happens here. And it gets, finally gets to the end where it says her parents were astonished, and I certainly would be astonished too. And he says, don't, don't tell anyone what just happened, just happened. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? 
I'm going to go out here and I'm going to celebrate that my child who was dead is now alive. But Jesus has a way about doing this. Now let's back up just a minute. Let's take a look at this man, this Jairus. He's a ruler of the synagogue. He oversaw the daily operations of the synagogue. He's very religious. He arranged the, the services for the synagogue. He did the custodial duties. He, he chose who would read Scripture and who would speak and, and all those different things. So he's well-known. He's very respected in the community. He had a certain protocol that he was expected to live by by being this religious leader. And he'd probably heard Jesus speak in a synagogue at Capernaum. But he's also a dad. The Bible doesn't even tell us the little girl's name. She's just referred to as uh, Jairus' daughter. I'm just curious about, I've thought about this in my own kids. Uh, I, I can't recall really having a conversation with them. Maybe I, I don't really want to know. Uh, what is it that they think about me? You know? What is it? I mean, really and truly, have you ever sat down with your child and said, Hey, just, just tell me what you think. I, I might be afraid of what I hear, right? You know? I want you to tell me my good points, but if you really tell me what you think, they're also going to have probably tell me some points that aren't so good if they're being honest. You know? And maybe that's just a little too much honesty for me. I don't know. Has anybody ever done that with your child? Really, if you did, come, I need some advice on how to accomplish it. Anybody ever done that? I, I, I don't see a single hand up. Why not? Maybe we're all afraid of honesty. I don't know. I just wonder what this girl thought of her dad. Now, I would tell you that when I was about 12, what I thought of my dad changed through the years. It would, naturally. But I want to tell you, my dad could beat up anybody when I was 12. Uh, he was about the same size I was, am. And then we weigh about the same now as what he did all of his life. And, and, you know, I didn't care if somebody was like six foot three, which is about eight inches. No, it's more than that. It was a lot taller than my dad. If somebody was six foot three, my dad could beat him up. No question about it. My dad was smarter than everybody else, right? I mean, that's what I thought. I, I wonder what this little girl thought about her dad. What, what was her thinking about him? How did she see him? How did she see her dad spiritually? What did she look like, look for in him? I wonder if she thought maybe he was old-fashioned, not with the times, out of touch. Twelve is what called preteen. Not cool. That's not even the right word. Why don't you keep red shirts? Give me a word that fits how she feel, must, may have felt about her dad. Uh, I'm waiting. <laughs> Maybe I should ask you what you think about your dad. Oh, no, we won't go there. 
I just wonder, though, if after all of this was over with, that happened to her, and she's told the story of what has changed her life, that she was, in fact, dead. The news had gone to the dad that she was dead. I wonder if maybe she had a different opinion of hearing about this encounter that she has with her dad. I'm speculating, but I think maybe she did have a different opinion. Let me just give you about three things that I think maybe the Scripture would indicate that she saw in her dad. And the first one is this. She saw a dad who was willing to seek Jesus. Now, on the surface, that doesn't seem all that profound. But I want you to know, in, especially put it in today's time, if you have a dad who is willing to seek Jesus, that is a mighty profound place to be and to see a dad as. A dad who's willing to see Jesus. For any parent of worth, it's hard to stand by and watch your child suffer. Is that not true? Is that not true? I don't care what age they are. It's difficult to watch your child and not do something about it. Here's Jairus is. He recognizes that I can't do anything about this, the sickness that my daughter has. That must have been hard for him. He's the religious leader. He's the man who's popular within the synagogue. He's supposed to have all the answers. He's got all of this responsibility. But in his particular situation now, he realizes as powerful as he is, as well-versed as he is, I can't do anything to help my daughter. He says, it's beyond me. And I have to reach out to the one who is capable of meeting my daughter's needs. When you stop and think about putting it in today's context of, of, of culture and the world, a dad who recognizes that he can only do so much, that there's so much more that he has to turn over to God and trust him for is really a, a major point in a dad accepting and being a good dad. Right? Jairus steps up without reservation, finds Jesus, and he falls down at Jesus' feet. And he humbles himself for his Jesus to address his daughter's needs. Now, in his particular case, he has to put aside any thoughts about what his community might think of him, any ideas that he could fix his daughter, any pride that he has about himself, and he says and seeks Jesus. When a father seeks Jesus, it makes a big difference.
And Jairus is the one who's seeking out the one who can save his daughter. Here's the second thing I think she may have seen in him. He was willing to bring Jesus into the house. In fact, it says that he was pleading with Jesus to come. Not only was Jesus, Jairus okay with being seen with Jesus, but he begs Jesus to come to his house. This is a big deal for this religious leader, just to be seen with Jesus. Remember, there was another religious leader who goes to Jesus. I think his name was Nicodemus. When does Nicodemus come? He comes in the night, doesn't he? Because he doesn't want to be seen. And here's a guy who says, I am desperate enough. It does not matter what the world thinks of me, of my community thinks of me. I am willing to be seen with Jesus. And not only am I going to be seen with him, I'm inviting him and pleading with him to come to the house. Makes me kind of wonder about this question. Dads, how welcome is Jesus at your house? How welcome is he? Do you stand with Joshua who said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you lead your families in prayer at the table and not just relegate that responsibility off to the kids or to your wife? Do you see, do your children see you pray and call on the name of Jesus? Is he welcomed into your house? Reading his word. How about on Sunday morning when you're here at church? Do your kids see you singing in praises? Do your kids see you honoring the Lord when you're driving in the Nolansville traffic? What do they see you doing with your hands? <laughs> oh, you're getting a little too into my business there maybe I don't know do you just send your kids to church on Sunday morning and say oh Pastor Micah teach them the things they need to know or do you just say mom that's your job you handle that I've got my things to do what a difference it makes when dads invite Jesus to their house. Here's the third thing I think maybe she might have seen. He was willing to put the welfare, this is big, watch this. He's willing to put the welfare of his child in the hands of Jesus. Think about how profound that is. When Jairus got the news that she was dead, dead, would have been devastating, no question about it. I, 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 I can't imagine how devastating that would be. I mean, if you, you understand how Jairus felt because you've been in Jairus' shoes, you certainly know this feeling. And here's Jairus. Well... It's no use. 
just a little too late. That's not what he does. He says, please come to the home. I've heard what she says, what he said to me about my daughter. I'm still trusting you, Jesus. I'm entrusting you. He was totally willing to turn his daughter over to Jesus. We as dads and parents, we often work hard to try to generate a plan for our children. Invest money for future education. We work hard to provide for them with activities that we feel like are going to fulfill their life. Maybe open doors in the future for them. We do a lot of stuff on behalf of our children. I'm not critical of that. I think we should do those things. But if not, if, if you're, as a parent, not, if, if the plan does not include entrusting them to God, then you've missed the mark. God has a plan for every person. And just as important as it is to set aside money and save for educational accounts, just as important as it is to teach them how to, to be hard workers and to, to be part of sports teams and, and all the things that, that parents are trying to get there, there is one thing that's far more important than that is that, that your child knows God. Much greater importance. And that... I want to tell you, you know this. I'm not telling you anything. You're going to fail as a dad. You're, you're going to fail as a mom. There are going to be times that you just totally screw it up. There are going to be times when you have no idea what to do with your child. That's when you fall on your knees and you say, God, I'm entrusting my child with you. I, I'm praying that your plan has been made known in their life. And I'm praying that you will help me to make known this plan for them. Even when I fell, Father, you step in and do the things that I can't do. Jesus said to this man, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. 
what a difference it makes when dads believe, trust, and commit their children into the hands of Jesus. Now I got about like that many more pages of notes. But I'm going to stop right there. Because I feel like maybe this verse 50 is maybe now one of the best places to stop as advice to all of us. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And she will be healed. I say that to each one of us. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And I will be healed. Father, I'm grateful for dads who are not ashamed of Jesus. They're not ashamed of seeking you out. They're not ashamed of inviting you into their home. And they're not afraid to admit their own fault, their shortcomings. To even just understand that we can only do so much with these children that you've entrusted us with. But to turn around and trust you. Father, I pray that every dad within the sound of my voice, whether or not we have children that are young or children that are older, that we would just continue to allow you to shape who we should be as dads. No matter what phase we're in in life, that we're speaking to the lives of our children and our lives would speak into their lives. How we, how we do life would speak into their lives and show them of what a, a good dad does. That the reflection of who we are is just a strong reflection of who you are. In our country, Father, there's such a need for fathers to stand and be dads, to be present, to be there for their children. So I pray for our country, Father. May we somehow realize that we do need fathers and we need dads who believe and trust in Jesus, first for their own salvation, but then, Father, who turn around and teach their children your ways. And pray that if we have failed to do that, then today we'll just make things right with you. Maybe you're here today. 
You just need to spend some time with the Lord in this altar in a time of invitation. Maybe you just want to come and pray for your children, your grandchildren. They're not where they should be in their spiritual journey. There's no better place to pray for them than here in this altar for God to hear your prayer. Maybe you're here today and you've got some other business you need to do. Just a moment. As we'll stand and sing, I invite you to come. I'll pray with you. I'll let you pray by yourself. Whatever it is that's on your heart, don't miss this opportunity as we stand and as we sing. For I spoke a word you were singing over
There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't give up on your children. Don't give up on your dad if he's still around. Just pray. God, I trust and I believe. Amen? Maybe see it, please. And Pastor Mike is waking, making his way in to talk about Vacation Bible School. He makes his way in. I will tell you, every morning I woke up to um, a text from one student or another saying, where are you? And uh, I don't have kids of my own, so uh, I can only imagine you guys probably get that all the time. But um, my hope and prayer is that uh, from this week, that students, every single morning you wake up, that you're seeking God. Where are you, God? Because he's always there. And uh, he's always wanting, wanting to do life with you. Pastor Mike. I just want to say it was such an encouragement to hear from this, you students this morning that went to that camp. It was so awesome knowing some of you guys for a number of years and seeing how God is working in your life. Uh, speaking of kids, we got VBS coming up in a few weeks here. Uh, and it is going to be an exciting, exciting time. We're going to have uh, vehicles out, uh, work vehicles out in the lobby, uh, not in the lobby. But in the uh, parking lot, we're going to have lots of things going on here. If you still want to get in on this, it is not too late. Uh, we still have needs that need to be filled. Uh, we'd love for you to be a part of this. This is the number one outreach for churches. Uh, Southern Baptist Churches is our VBS week. It's July 10th through the 13th. You can sign up at that website that you see right there. If you have neighbors that have kids, if you know people that have kids, have them sign up. We have a great team. And we're going to be decorating the Wednesday before the Wednesday before the VBS. One more outreach opportunity we're going to have uh, this summer is uh, Artist Community Theater, Act Theater, is uh, one here in Nolensville. And we are partnering with them um, again this summer. We're going to be hosting their theater camp in July in the White Building. This is just an opportunity to love on our community, to let them know that we are here and we um, appreciate them. They're going to be doing a week-long drama camp. I think it's Cinderella or something like that. But they're going to be down there. Last year, we had 30 kids who were in grades. I believe it was first grade through eighth grade. So we have a lot of kids on campus. 
we're going to put together just a little hospitality gift for them. Uh, it's going to be some food and some other things. If you're interested in, in helping put that together for them that week, just as a way uh, for us to say, hey, we appreciate you guys and we love you guys, come talk to me and we'll work on that uh, together. That's in July. So please be praying for that as well. Amen. A lot of things still uh, unfolding this summer. Hey, stand with us as we uh, close in prayer. It's good seeing all of you this morning. Pray with me. Lord, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to come into your house and worship you, Lord. Lift your name up. So, God, today as we go out from these four walls, God, I know you've called us out to the mission field, and that's uh, our everyday lives, God. And uh, so I just pray that we would always reflect your love and mercy and kindness and grace and all those attributes that you've called us to be. Uh, let us draw others to you in your kingdom. We love you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615 776 1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope, and you and I we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us, and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.